Welcome to episode 250 of Up for Discussion, the emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goofs. I'm your host, Tom Zalatni, and today I am joined by one person and one person alone, a very special guest, a very good friend of mine, Ian McNeil. Hello, congratulations on 250. It's crazy, isn't it? That is a huge achievement. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's weird because for the first couple of years of the show, we'd occasionally release two episodes a week, so... 250 should be like around the four year mark, but it's actually around the like three and a, or around the five year mark rather, but it's actually around the four and a half year mark, which feels weird. But you know, it works. I say take it. Yeah. Yeah. It, what, what ended up inadvertently happening is that now toward the end of every year, we're like approaching a milestone number, which feels right, you know? So 500 next year? God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Kill me now. <laughs> Uh, before we get into it too much, uh, I want to take a moment to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. Um, as settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. Uh, I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the indigenous communities of that area. It's the holiday season, so you're probably uh, celebrating various things right now. And Maybe a few weeks ago at this point, you had a Thanksgiving meal, you know, maybe think a little bit about that and think about what that means and think about sort of the massive privileges that you get to have by virtue of uh, being who you are on land that, you know, you maybe weren't really meant to be part of. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Thanks. Um, Should we just, I'm sorry, I know I should have asked you this before the recording. That's okay. Did you, do you listen to How Did This Get Played? Uh, someone sent me an episode of that really recently, actually. With Joey Clift? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. That that made me, the land acknowledgement made me think of the conversation about tokenism. Yeah. Which I thought was like, for like a silly video game podcast to veer in that direction. Mm -hmm. So much respect for Joey Clift for like, he catches himself at one point in the episode of like, uh, no, no. This is how I feel, and I'm yeah. gonna keep going. It was it was so intense. Like, it was uh, awesome. I a friend of mine sent it to me. Uh, in fact, one of our Patreon supporters sent it to me, um, and he was like, "Listen to this episode because it goes in a really different direction than you're expecting." And they like talk really frankly about like tokenism and representation, and like, and I was like, oh, "Okay, cool." And I kind of thought it was a thing that the hosts were planning for the episode. Um, and if you haven't, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Uh, it's called, how did this get played? And it's an episode on, um, Oh, what was the name of the Custer's game? Custer's revenge. That's right. Um, a game in which horrible, horrible things happen to a native woman. Yeah. It's yeah. just, uh, like in, even back in the eighties when it was released, it would have been, con- I think, believe it was considered, truly offensive and yeah. horrible taste which uh i mean thir- almost 40 years later yeah uh it's only gotten worse it's yeah. aged super poorly and i think that that was the point of uh joey cliff like mm-hmm. he is a a native uh comedian in right. los angeles and his whole point was like you had me on for a Thanksgiving episode about to get my unique take about this horrible game. Right. And all I had, like, do you really need me to tell you it's bad? Right. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was really, it was a really interesting episode because beyond just like talking about the tokenism side of it, of like, you really didn't need to bring me in for this. Like this, you know, he also talks about like, this hurt my feelings and kind of ruined my week and like stressed me out and was a huge bummer. And like, we we've talked about this kind of stuff a lot on this show over the past while and back in maybe september we had a guest on named sarah malika who oh yeah yeah you know well yeah i, I know I think, sarah yeah is she involved in the project you're promoting right now uh i know um, she's in the thank you list yeah, yeah she is i don't know how how deep you want me to go into plug territory while we're talking right uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go into plug territory soon okay. um, but sarah was on and um we were talking about like representation in the classroom and the conversation kind of veered toward um 
like emotional labor, right? And how, you know, people from minority groups are often asked to do emotional labor for free that they, you know, don't necessarily want to do. And like, if you're going to bring someone on to talk about stuff that is not your experience that might be, you know, rooted in trauma for their people, you should clear it with them first and like be upfront about it and tell them it's cool to not want to do it if it's not something they want to do. And it feels to me like had the how did this get played people given him that option up front and been like upfront about like look we know this is a big ask <laughs> like mm-hmm. but instead they were just like hey this would be fun and he calls them out on it and it's so yeah it was that very profound <laughs> i also think it's a good uh, model for um accepting criticism mm-hmm. from heather yes. and nick's side they listen to him they don't get defensive mm-hmm. they explain their thought process but they don't or at least when i was listening to it it didn't it wasn't framed as like uh an excuse or yeah like that we're not hearing your concerns right which i th- that was what really the whole thing is like uh maybe the best podcasting moment of the year for me yeah yeah i i think i agree with you it is they they show a lot of humility and a lot of like grace in the way that they took it you know Mm -hmm. like because they do kind of initially go like "Ooh, yeah i I mean like that wasn't our intention but holy shit we really fucked up and like just just acknowledging on air not editing things out not you know trying to apologize like by changing things at the last minute or anything but just acknowledging like oh this was really tone deaf we really fucked this up sorry and then letting the rest of the show be about that was so just yeah like you said a good model of how to like fail gracefully i think is is how i'm gonna put that and there is a moment in the episode where they even say like if this ever comes out like full also acknowledging (laughs) that they there is the option for somebody at that company to just catch and kill it yeah i'm glad it didn't happen I, I, i think it was important and like it definitely made me think a lot more about like how I book guests for sensitive topics, right? Because, like, my my instinct is always let me find someone who I know knows more about this than I do and who is comfortable talking about this. And, like, I, I mean, <laughs> I feel silly right now that we are two white dudes having this conversation. But also, as two white dudes, we kind of have to have this kind of conversation once in a while, right? And, mm-hmm. like, recognize that we are both people who pull people in for projects and we're both people who have to think about these things. And I think it was nice to have a sort of model laid out for why it's important to really be thoughtful about this kind of thing and not just grab the first person you see who like represents a group and say, you'd probably be happy to talk Mm -hmm. about this. Right. Yeah. Or like fills a quota. Right. Yeah. That's a real ugly look too. It's rough. (laughs) Uh, this is the Sarah episode out already. Yeah, yeah, this was back in uh, September as part of our teacher series. Okay, cool. Yeah, we brought in uh, four teachers, you know, for separate episodes who all kind of come at it from different angles and, and sort of ask them like, "What is it like to teach right now in this day and age?" and "What do you think is important?" and yeah. I'm telling you, you got good content on this feed. We're trying. <laughs> and then for some reason, the 250 is where it all dropped off a cliff. <laughs> Don't some, sell some, short. something happened we're not <laughs> sure what okay so <clears throat> we've we've chatted a bit people have gotten to hear your voice they they may oh. already know you um there's a pretty good chance they already know you this isn't your first time here it's like your second time on this show yeah fourth or fifth on one of my shows generally uh yeah i think fourth yeah but does that merit a milestone appearance you know i, I certainly hope so <laughs> When I, so I like shot you that message seeing when you wanted to come on this month and like hadn't even thought about how 250 was a significant number at that point. And it was just like, yeah, come on sometime in December. Maybe if you're close enough to Christmas, you can be Santa. And you said like, oh yeah, this date works. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I realized like four hours later, like, oh, that's episode 250. And I had a moment for like, I had half a second where I was like, should I reschedule? Because ah. should you bring a guest on for a milestone episode was a question I had never thought about before. Because for all of our previous milestones, I think it just ended up being hosts on the episodes. Um, and I thought about it and I was like, well, if I'm going to bring a guest on for this one, I would want it to be someone like Ian. Oh, who, like, that's I, very sweet. Well, because I think that you are a person who, like, 
I want to say is like on brand for us as a guest. Um, But I I was really hoping that you just, I think you are a person and then full stop (laughs) change of topic (laughs) for the record. I'm still figuring that one out, (laughs) but no, like I think, I think you're a person who like one works in comedy and in the performance scene here in Montreal. And like, you know, that is kind of what our mandate is or whatever. Um, But two, you're very thoughtful and you are someone who like, I think of as like in touch emotionally with himself and like trying <laughs> trying to be and and so i was like you know what like yeah th- ian is a perfect guest for this like yeah th- that's cool and then uh, all of my co-hosts were unavailable tonight at the end, so. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm really really glad i didn't make you reschedule because otherwise i just wouldn't have had content <laughs> would you ever do a show alone um i mean y- i've thought about it <laughs> feasibly could because of the patreon could con, uh contributions right? yeah i like i could i just don't know if i'd want to yeah because i think when i like historically if i sit down to do something by myself in the studio i end up retaking things a lot because i kind of uh, get in my head uh, yeah. but if it's conversational i you know stumble over words like there was something i said earlier where like half the words in the phrase that I was saying came out with just a jumble of consonant sounds, but you knew what I was saying. So you didn't like stop me or anything. But if that had happened when I was recording solo, I would have just redone it. I'm, it ha- forever. I'm, I'm happy to retake it. I got all night. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. I didn't even hear it. Okay. So. See, well, that's Perfect. what I mean. Right. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm like very glad to have you here tonight for a monumental episode. This is a quarter of a, I almost said century, but that's not right. What's the one that's a thousand? A, uh, a millennium. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Which uh, I've never done 250 of anything before, except maybe Pokemon. So, oh. like, and, and I know. knew that this was going to come up. Do you have Sword and Shield yet? I do have Sword and Shield. Cool. Well, Is it Shield. Good? It's good. You know, a lot of people like kind of whined about it leading up to it because why? So the developers left out a lot of Pokemon basically in in all the past generations it's been possible to import pokemon from older games and have like all 800 or whatever uh and in this generation they very intentionally limited it so there's like maybe 400 total instead of like the 900 that like actually exist and a lot of people are really mad about that and think it's lazy Hmm. um and i think those people need to suck it up put on their big boy pants and buy a fun video game because it's really good and they're missing out on a really fun experience i mean even for me I like I have recently re found my love of games. Nine mm. hundred's too many. Oh, it's too many. It's way too many. And and that, like it's too many. The thing is, like you're not. I think even in the games where all of the previous ones were available, you could only natively catch like two or three hundred of them within the game itself, and oh, the rest okay. were all just ones you could import from previous games. And so people are mad that you can't import stuff from previous games. But like, I don't know, like. It just feels like a silly thing to nitpick on when they're presenting the like best looking game ever. Uh, like there are so many like rolling backdrops and things, and it's beautiful, and you can play it on your TV, and you know, it's it's really pretty to look at. And like, with the exception of one or two of the new Pokemon designs, most of the new ones I really like, just kind of aesthetically. Like they look really good, and they've put a lot of thought into like how they built the region because it's kind of based around the uk and like my my co-host on my pokemon podcast is from the uk so he like has been pointing out all these little things and going like oh that's so cool that's you know i don't know what that (laughs) accent was that was kind of an australian but he's always well yeah you know (laughs) somewhere he's always like pointing out the things that are like like this makes sense to me because i lived there but you probably didn't notice this but it's cool and i love the like attention to detail that they did with that because with a lot of the like previous generations that had locations that seemed like they were based on real world places it was really just like a couple of landmarks and then moving on right so like all this to say i think pokemon sword and shield are genuinely great and if you're thinking about buying it you should and if you're listening to this and you're going but i'm mad about the game developers (laughs) unsubscribe yeah no don't actually get out of here um well the one thing that uh, came to mind as you were explaining the game is mm. that if I had a, a library or a Pokedex, if you will, mm. of like level 99s that I could just import, right? I wouldn't spend any time exploring and cat 
catching and evolving, training my Pokemon, right. I'd just be going from gym to gym. Like, these are my six that right. I use, and I can beat anybody with them. And then yeah. the game is over in, like, I don't know, 10 hours? Yeah. Well, that's it. And, and like... For a AAA that cost 80 bucks? Yeah. That's it. Enjoy the experience. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, I, I get it. There's a handful that are missing, but, like... If I sat down and really, for a moment, wanted to have them in the game, I'd be sad about it. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, maybe it's because I grew up poor and I'm used to not having the things I want. <laughs> but I just feel like there's a real entitlement to, like, being mad about limitations, you know? Oh, dear. So yeah, People get mad at everything. It's crazy. So I want to I wanna finally give you a chance to plug uh, the yes. project that you're here to plug. Because yes. we've been going at this for a bit. Yeah. It's, uh, and, you know, maybe we can uh, work this into uh, a, a question from a subscriber. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm not comfortable marketing myself. Right. Like, I really don't like it. It's, like, out of all the, like, learning how to use a camera and learning mm-hmm. how to edit throughout this whole project, the hardest part has been, like, pay attention to me. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, I am... Uh, Almost done. Mm-hmm. Um, a film project I've been working on. Uh, there were supposed to be six shorts. Uh, there are only five. Um, but that's a story in of itself. <laughs> I, I don't have to get into unless you would like me to. Um, and it's called Don't Worry. We're both wearing uh, mm-hmm. shirts that I had printed up because uh, I didn't want... Uh, the more I thought about it, uh, everything, all the videos are gonna. You're gonna. You can find them soon. I really hope at www.dontworry.rip mm-hmm. and don't worry. Rip is the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well, mm-hmm. I believe. And um, yeah, I didn't want. I didn't want to do a premiere because I like. After a lot of reflection, it's like I don't like parties. I'm tired of working on these. I'm not like, why put any more effort into something that I don't want to attend and that I'm not going to enjoy. Right. So, uh, the solution to that problem was like, Oh, let's, let me make some t-shirts. And, Mm -hmm. um, I've been, uh, giving them to cast members, crew members, um, with personalized notes. Right. They're pay what you can. Also, you can just send a message to, don't worry if you want one. Um, yeah. And they're like, uh, I should talk about what the actual content I was, is. I was yeah. about to ask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, um, you know, I think that they're, I think they're funny. I think so. From what I've seen, obviously. I've had enough people or like, I don't know. It's just, it reminds me of um, Brockhampton, uh, the, the boy band. Okay. Um, they released an album this year called Ginger, and the leader, Kevin Abstract, was like, it's like one of our more fun albums. It's like really exciting. It's super summery. And when it was released, the fans were like, this is super depressing. Like, are you guys okay? <laughs> <laughs> and so, it, like, I've been having a similar realization of like, uh, like, I guess this like dark sensibility. Uh, not everybody finds funny, but hopefully it's like, uh, uh, I hope that there's enough layers Mm -hmm. in it. Cause the way I kind of like constructed each one is, uh, they all have a very specific fear of mine embedded into, uh, which I believe, did I tell you the one, uh, the fear of the one that you appear in? No. How, how much do you want to spoil? Oh, I'm good. I I mean, there's 10 minutes long, like 30 they will be spoiled in a short amount of time. Sure. Regardless. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, you are, you graciously appeared in one and I wish I had finished exporting it before <laughs> I came here because you were thrilling in it. Well, it's, it's currently exporting, right? Yes. At your house? Yeah. And you just have this like, so one thing that I really like is, or that I wanted to do specifically with you mm. is that you're one of the more uh, welcoming people I've, uh, had the pleasure of meeting. Thank you. And so to put you in a role where you have to be, where that like that's that smile and that charm is kind of like used as intimidation. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
it's just like even i know what's gonna happen i've seen every single frame over and over again mm. and there's something like i just feel so conflicted like i really want to like you but i just know that like there's not there's something wrong about everything that you're doing and saying right and uh <clears throat> anthony is a really funny foil <laughs> to you i when you told me when you told me that you were like looking at anthony to play the the person opposite me in it. I was so excited uh, for people listening. Anthony Asaf, who has also appeared on the show a few times, um, plays the sort of, I would say he's the hero in, in our story. I'm definitely yeah. the, vil- the villain, right? Yeah, you are definitely <laughs> the villain. Um, and it's like, I did that thing that I, I hate in movies where like, you're like details are deliberately withheld. Mm. Um, like there was one, uh, my friend Spencer had watched an edit of Pinky, the one that you're in, and uh, he kept referring to you as the doctor. And I asked him, I was like, "Why do you think? Why do you think Tom's a doctor?" Huh. And I was like, "I don't know. Well, he's just like messing around with like severed body parts. Like, sure, he must have some kind of. So it's like it's fun to see what what kind of things people project onto them. Right. Um, That's kind of fun. I uh, I hadn't thought about that beyond. Um, so you, the character that I play, can I say this is named, go ahead, Mr. Ziegler, Correct. uh, which for me instantly brings out Toby Ziegler, Richard Schiff's character. From the West Wing. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about um, this. And, and Richard Schiff is currently playing a role on a show called the good doctor. So mm. for me, that's a very fun little like tie in thing that, you know, yeah. Complete accident and, on my part, and like I'm going to say right now, I don't think that I bring a Richard Schiff level performance to this thing. <laughs> I think I did my best, but you I, know, you know, a lot of and I, I mean, I, what I did was like I really was um, very picky with my casting, uh, just because like it's so hard to ask people, like, can you give up uh, a couple days of your time, right? Um, yeah, something that I'm, I'm still getting used to. Because it's the other thing is that, like, these first five are not the end. Like, there's mm-hmm. ideas that I kind of left on the table. Like, uh, when I ended up canceling the sixth one, it was, mm-hmm. like, it set, it set in stone in my mind that, like, okay, I'm, I'll be back for more. Right. Um, and you're, like, you're not canceling the sixth one. You're you're putting it on a shelf for future Ian. To yeah. Yeah. Or at least, like, reread it rewrite it it might be totally different but at least remember that there are still stories left to tell Hmm. Um, i like that (laughs) but there are like i don't know i'm like it i'm nervous like i want people to watch them i want uh i want people to find them funny as well as scary um yeah i don't really know what to say other than um if you like it send it to a friend uh and if you don't uh, send it to I'm a friend sorry. anyway. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If you don't, Look send it to bullshit. an enemy. <laughs> you ever just send something to someone out of spite? Uh, like I think this person will hate this, and I'm going to make them take a couple minutes out of their life to just not enjoy something. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is a very facetious mm, question. I <laughs> maybe it's something that I don't want to admit on mic. <laughs> No, I don't think so. I think I'm more like, uh, it's more like ironic. Like if it's something super super bad and we'll be on it, but it's not like I'm trying to trick you. Like the, uh, what comes to mind is like those, uh, those screamers. Oh, sure. Like for some reason, Newgrounds comes to mind. And like you start like playing a maze and then it's just Linda Blair from the exorcist. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I get that. I, uh, my, my personal favorite is, um, I have a group thread with a bunch of guys I grew up with and, um, you know, a lot of it is just people sending each other shitty memes, but (laughs) (laughs) I, I never, I can never totally tell. There's one guy in the group who I don't know as well as the others. Like the three of them are like my best friends. One of them is like my actual best friend and the other two were my best friends when we were kids and we all four grew up together. The other guy we met in high school and are like also close with, but we don't have the same he and I don't have the same rapport, right? Um, and I can never tell to what extent he's being ironic with some of the crappy memes he sends and, and to what extent he like genuinely is laughing about them. Um, so I've taken it on myself to just always send them the worst shit that I find because I'm like, you know what? 
if I have to, if I saw this bad meme that I don't like, maybe you guys will also not like this. <laughs> and we'll and we'll get to know each other. We'll we'll figure out what our tastes are. That's it. It's it's kind of a vibe check. If you want to throw <laughs> some twenty nineteen in there, God, I, I can't believe we're at the end of a year almost. Uh, yeah, it's been bittersweet. Yeah. Um, because this has been this like don't worry has been a full year. Yeah. Uh, for me, and so for that to kind of end, and now I'll have to just think about like going back to a desk job to make some money mm-hmm. is kind of a bummer, but um, that's another reason why I hope people will watch it because I did use your tax dollars yeah. to fund most of this. You get a grant for it? Uh, yeah, I okay. did the Jeune Volontaire. And oh, I, yeah, yeah, cool. That you can only do um, if you are a Quebec resident under the age of 30. Okay. Uh, I turned 29 last October. Right. And I was like, it's time. Yeah. Like, this window is about to close, <laughs> and I'm going for it. That's good to know. I should uh, I should look into that. And also. I'd be gl- happy to help you with the process. Cool. Because uh, that's something that I had to do alone, like, kind of figure out. Right. Uh, and it was tough. I mean, like, this whole thing has been, like, even before I got the grant, mm-hmm. it's, like, self-doubt, misery. Like, I don't know how to do this. I've never applied for a grant before. And right. then I got it, and then it's like, oh, my God, I don't know how to use a camera. <laughs> yeah, I get that. We're the, the day before this episode comes out. So in the future for me, but in the past for listeners, I will have spent an afternoon working on grants actually with a couple ah. people from the network because we're trying to find some funding for uh, 2020 and uh i have been thinking about grants since like before toby was born since before toby was like i was gonna say since before toby was an idea but i think maybe just around the same time honestly mm. um and i remember i was talking to Vinny francois uh, from montreal improv who's another friend of the show he did a bunch of grant writing for the theater, right? Yeah. Uh, as one of the like founders or whatever. Um, and so I was like, oh, like maybe, you know, could you give me a hand like figuring out how to do that? And he was like, absolutely. Let's just figure out a date. And we didn't get around to it because we're both very busy. Mm. Uh, and then I had a baby and put everything off and put everything off. And I realized uh, we had a meeting with a couple of people from the network the other night. And I went, I want to apply for grants to get us some funding because there's a lot of stuff I know we're eligible for. I am never going to do it if I do it alone because it's just not something I'm confident in. It's something that like feels like a mental block for me, like trying to validate the work I'm doing by asking for money in like a serious way, you know? Like I can ask for money by saying, hey, throw me money on Patreon, but like asking for a grant is like terrifying, right? Um, and so last night, a couple people were like, what if we just set a date and we all get together and work on grants? And I was like, Oh yes. Now this will Amazing. happen. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe by the time people listen to this, we'll have applied for something. I certainly hope so. <laughs> yeah. Because I think, I do think that like, aside from trying to navigate it on your own, mm. uh, one of the hardest things is uh, knowing what you're, what's actually out there. So right. if you already know that you're eligible for stuff, enjoy. Sky's the, Twenty thousand dollars. I wish. I wish. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I did a breakdown of what it would cost. One of the things we want to do for the network in the new year is work on uh, transcription. Like, ah, you know, cool. Because like, deaf people like content also, right? And can't I would really assume listen so, to yeah. podcasts. Yeah, and so it's like you know there are shows that transcribe all their audio, but a lot of the shows that do it are also working from a script where it's like pre-written you know Mm. like if this was a show where we sat down and i had already written out everything i was doing and we just hit record and go that's pre-transcribed that's really easy but a show like this or like one of the busier shows on our network where there's like three or four people talking at the same time often over each other it takes a lot of work to transcribe it yes and the software or like the online services for that are really expensive and they're (laughs) super inaccurate as well interesting i didn't know that that's good to know well something to be mindful of is of like when you do get your funding mm. uh, and you invest in some transcripts, like mm-hmm. you will have to take some time, or somebody at the network mm-hmm. will have to take some time to just read them over and be like, Ooh, I'm right. pretty sure we didn't say that. Right. That's good to know. Because what I, what I was doing, I, I crunched the numbers and was like, okay, here's what it would cost to like pay for a service. And here's what it would cost if I just paid a person $40 flat rate per episode, which like depending on the length of the episode might be $40 an hour or might be like 
15, right? Like it, you know, depending, but that'd be the agreement they'd be making. And at $40 an episode for 10 episodes a week versus, you know, 10 episode, 10 hours a week of content or whatever for the like pre-existing service, it made a $30,000 a year difference wow. in the price. And I was like, okay, so if we get a $20,000 grant, I can pay someone to do our transcriptions for a year. That's a full, that is a salary. Yeah. Well, and wow. that's because we have so many shows, right? Mm. If we had less shows, it would be a lot less. And, you know, honestly, if we had less shows, I might just do it. But, yeah. You do enough. I do enough. I do so much. Uh, Patreon.com. Speaking, speaking of, let's maybe I can make some money here right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. You ready for some ads? Do I have to do anything or can you just take Just it? hang out. Okay, great. <laughs> This episode is brought to you in part by Chaos. Actually, these are some guys I want to put you in touch with at some point if you're ever doing more video stuff like this because they could be handy in the future. And I wish I'd thought of it at the time, honestly. Um, Hey, Ian. Hey. Are you or have you ever been looking to produce high-quality branded content without breaking the bank? All the time. (laughs) Well, I got good news for you. Chaos makes content marketing easy, affordable, and accessible by offering a studio on demand model and various subscription packages that make it easy to create consistent content for your audience and potential customers. Do you want professional sound equipment for podcasts and voiceovers like this one? Oh, God, yes. How about cinema grade cameras, lenses, and lighting packages? Have you ever, ever had a need for anything (laughs) like that? And don't get me started on live stream <laughs> capability and event hosting. Chaos! Whether your business is starting a podcast, building a video empire, or adding live streams to your social media pages, Chaos has a package that'll help you create consistent and reliable content for your audience. You can go to createchaos.com or check them out on Instagram at createchaos to find out more. That's chaos with a K. Cool. Oh, there's more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the Cash Corner, the part of the show where we shamelessly ask you to give us money. You know how I was just saying I have trouble asking for money? Well, here we go. Here's the deal. Our Patreon has a goal of making $200 a month, but we're not even halfway there. Do you want to give the gift that keeps on giving this Christmas? Support us on Patreon. If we reach $100 in total pledges this month, I'll release a little music video covering one of my favorite Christmas songs to our Patreon page. If we reach $150, I'll record two songs. And if we reach $200, I'll record five, which is kind of like an EP, a little Christmas EP. And I'll do them all dressed as sexy Santa Claus. Or I won't, if you specifically don't want that. (laughs) I mean, you can just listen to the audio. You can turn the video off if it makes you uncomfortable to see me gyrating in a Santa Claus costume. I'm just saying it's an option. So, you know, make it happen. Give us a little Christmas miracle. And as always, if you pledge as little as a dollar a month to us at patreon.com slash up for discussion, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Carlea, Thomas, George Poppy, Jan, Killian, Sarah, Angelica... Did I skip someone? No, I just stumbled. Will, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Kate, and Erica. You'll get early access to bonus content, little behind-the-scenes updates, and all kinds of other sweet perks as well. Plus, if you give at least $5 a month, you get to submit the featured question for an episode once per cycle on the show. Today, however, we're doing something a little bit different. To celebrate 250 episodes, we went to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, past guests of the show, Twitter... Twitter And we brought back the turtle From days of yore You remember there used to be a turtle Anyway we filled his butt with questions from you Our audience And Ian and I are gonna dig in And uh, see what we get And we're just gonna you know Answer some questions for the rest of the episode To say thank you to everyone who's you know Supported us for any length of time at all I love it Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to do the honors of pulling the first question Uh, Yeah I'd love to Longtime friend of the show, Kendall, Kendallin. Let me start that over. <laughs> Longtime friend and patron of the show, Kendallin, asks, what is your favorite doubt about the show that was proven wrong, i.e. an episode not turning out well? Hmm. Uh, et cetera. Yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll field this one. <laughs> uh, no, I'll take it from here. Thank what, you. What doubts do you have about me, Ian? Um, I, think, I think a thing that I had a lot of doubts about early on was that anybody would listen to it to be totally honest um especially well no i knew i knew we'd have some listeners because when we started the show uh one of my original co-hosts tim blay is like a big youtube guy and we started the show actually because he wanted a way to talk to his audience on a weekly basis without having to 
do a shitload of extra work because his videos take months at a time to produce. Um, and I suggested a podcast and then we brought in our friend Simon and I was like, okay, we'll get some listens out of that. But I guess where the doubt started to come in for me was, um, there was a point about maybe two years in where like Tim had to leave the show. And I had some doubts around that point that we would like ever recover from like the hit that that would give our numbers. Right. Cause the reality is when you have one host who like has a big established audience and then they leave, Unless your other hosts also have a big established audience, which we didn't, then like you're going to lose some numbers just by default. And um, I was pretty pleasantly surprised that the numbers didn't drop off like dramatically. We did lose people like we lost maybe a third of our audience, but that was kind of encouraging because like that was an audience that three people built up. Right. So for us to only lose a third of it when a third of us left really made sense yeah (laughs) it's a that is a really nice vote of confidence yeah and uh you know it's still one of those things where i think we probably we'd be growing faster if we still had someone with his audience size like on our team and we just don't like the the new people i've been bringing in have been amazing but i have yet to bring in someone who like brings in an audience you know um so that's something that maybe down the line, you know, next round of hires, I might prioritize, <laughs> but, but it's been really, it's been really encouraging, like seeing that we have people listening week after week, whatever number of people that may be. And, uh, yeah, I was glad that my doubts about anyone caring enough to stick around after Tim left were, uh, pretty quickly assuaged. May I ask you a question that, uh, builds on what you just said? Absolutely. Um, while you were doubting in that period of doubting of like, will anyone care? how attached was the audience size or growth Mm -hmm. to your own self-esteem day in and day out? I think pretty attached, honestly. I think it still is a little bit. Um. I mean, I I was really, it was like, I knew it was a long shot asking it. I was like, please tell me how that, how can I separate like my life from what I pour myself into you can't and i think it's unrealistic to expect that like like i think i think that there's there's a difference between getting all of your self-worth from you know people's perception of you and getting your self-worth from like people's perception of your work if that makes sense uh wait what am i trying to say here i think what i'm trying to say is say you spend 40 hours working on one project and then you release it right the way that people react to that this is really hitting home by the way yeah well, well that's it right like if people love it that's awesome right? yeah that's gonna feel really good if people hate it that's not gonna feel good um but the reality is you're probably actually just gonna get something right in the middle you're not yeah. you're not gonna get like you know a mountain of love you might for the first couple of days when all your friends see it and are like oh my god you did a cool thing good yeah. job but like if you're looking on a grander scale right like if you're like let's say you put out a podcast episode and you're like, I'm not going to be happy unless this gets like 10,000 downloads and then it gets a hundred. You're going to have a really shitty time. Right. Mm -hmm. But people, those hundred people might love it still. Right. And, and you're not, you're not going to put something out and have everyone immediately go. That was hot dookie garbage. Why did you waste your time on it? It's just not going to happen. You're going to get an outpouring of support. You just might not get a huge, you just might not get a huge response. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I do think that, like, in that, you know, miracle scenario where you do get those 10,000 downloads, mm-hmm. like, that love that you feel is fleeting. Yeah. Like, it's not, and then you're always going to be chasing that one jackpot that you hit. Right. So it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a, a really tricky position to be in mm-hmm. to, like, struggle with all the self doubt. And then even, I mean, even when something is done and out there and you can, Mm. like, kind of remove yourself a little bit. Right. Like, it's still, I don't know. It's it's important to find other things to kind of balance it out. Like, as Mm. long as, like, my self-worth isn't only coming from this, then I think that's a good place to be in. I think so. Yeah. Like, it, it should come from other places as well. It's just not realistic to expect that it won't affect you, you know? Cool. Shall we? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Kendallin. Yeah. Great question. Very good question. Uh, All right. This one comes from, this is the only question we got over Twitter, which is why I said Twitter so many times when I was introducing this part of the show. (laughs) I thought thought you were doing takes. (laughs) Like, they all sound good. Twitter. (laughs) Uh, So this one comes from Matt Cole over Twitter at MC underscore DJ underscore MC. 
Uh, I'm guessing he's like master of ceremonies, DJ Matt Cole. Uh, Yeah. He asks, you're locked in a large room alone with a single wooden baseball bat. Your mission is to fight an infinite army of fifth graders. If they came at you in waves of 10 at a time, how many fifth graders do you think you could realistically beat up? I'm not good at math. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I don't know if I'd want to, like, are they attacking me or are they just like coming my way you know i really i feel like there's got to be some for me to swing the bat at even one of them Mm -hmm. they have to be zombified or vampire or like there's there has to be some reason why i don't i really really hope (laughs) that i'm not i'm not secretly the type of person (laughs) that can swing a baseball bat at more than one child yeah it's just I just can't like even I know it's a uh, a hypothetical yeah and it's the it, it's what is the the ducks and the horses duck sized horses yeah that thing <laughs> I, I, I'm uh, feeling you yeah yeah this is the moment in podcasting that I, listening to podcasts that I always hate or that makes me <laughs> most feel like I'm a ghost or it's like I know the answer God, and they yeah. can't hear me mine mine is when I hear someone say a word out loud and pronounce it the wrong way Oof. really confidently and mm. then the hosts go oh i've never heard that pronounced out loud before thank That's you now i know how to it. pronounce it yeah. and i sit there for a minute and go it is not pronounced pronounced pedagogy <laughs> it is not <laughs> and then you just know that those two extra people suddenly know <laughs> suddenly believe that that's how that word's pronounced it's it's a mess um, i think i would um <laughs> I think if I like had to fight them off with the baseball bat, which uh, we do in this scenario, yeah, yeah, like let I us, want to. Let us make that <laughs> super clear before we punch in our answers. Yeah, I would say like I could get through a wave or two, max. Like I don't, I don't look. I'm strong, but ten year olds are not like tiny and weak. Ten year olds no. are like almost at puberty. Like they're, yeah. they're some 10 year olds might've already hit puberty and be mm. muscular. Like I <laughs> mm-hmm. beefy buff 10 year olds. Uh, I don't think I could hold off that many of them. Uh, the, what the, the scenario that I'm envisioning is that like I've sacrificed my, uh, moral compass for survival mm-hmm. and I make it to 49 and that's when, <laughs> <laughs> that's when I just, just can't hold on it right. well yeah it, it sucks that it's an infinite amount too right because if you knew like offhand like okay i have to get through a hundred of them and yeah. then i'll be okay i might commit to the hundred i might be able to do it but i feel like realistically if it was infinite like if i couldn't see an end to them i would get through like 10 kids and yeah. then go oh, god okay fuck it just i'm kill just me. a more violent sisyphus yeah like, <laughs> i can't do this forever no. for eternity exactly do you want to grab another one? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Here's a question from Facebook. Mike Mark asks, what would the alternate universe look like if Quebec separatism and uh, Wexit teamed up? Or we exit? What we? I think it's Wexit. It's like a West exit. And now they're just fuming on the other end. <laughs> God damn it. I didn't know that's how it was pronounced. Did you do that on purpose? <laughs> no, no, no. I... I genuinely didn't know. I mean, I've heard murmurs of the West of Canada mm-hmm. wanting to separate. But I think I it's really it just like, Alberta, but they think of yeah. themselves as the West. Yeah, just yeah. kind of. I would. I mean, this maybe revealing myself as an East Coast elite, mm-hmm. but I think of the Prairies as the West and British Columbia as the West. Right. Yeah, because it, it's west of me. I think that <laughs> British Columbia is more the West than Alberta given that it is you know. as far west as you can go <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah totally yeah um so if quebec separatism and wexit teamed up mm-hmm. and had a separatist love child mm-hmm. sorry would you like me to repeat the question as, uh, entirely I'm, i got it it's, okay. they're, they're asking for a hypothetical what would happen if two provinces separated and you know give us an alternate universe do you identify as canadian like does canada or patriotism mean anything to you <sighs> i no yeah. <laughs> no i mean like I think if someone asked, like, you know, oh, where are you from? I would say I'm Canadian. But, Out, like, outside of Canada, you would say that, right? Yeah, yeah. It, within Canada, I'm, it depends what, I guess, what they mean. Like, I often will say I'm from NDG um, <laughs> or Montreal. But, like, yeah, no, if someone asked, like, what country, you know, 
are you from? Of course, I would say Canada because yeah, but like I don't because it's feel, factual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Less than like a sense of national pride or whatever. I in fact feel very little national pride, but like yeah, you know, it's uh, certainly a part of my identity. I don't know. It. I mean, it's stamped on your passport. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, it's stamped on my passport. It's stamped on the culture I've consumed. It's true. Stamped on my, you know, the way that the vowels sound in my words. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. That's something that I'm not conscious of at all. <laughs> nope. Um, but it has happened in. I I hope that I haven't told this on this very podcast before. But I was on. I was in New York City, hmm. um, and I wanted to order something on a menu called the South, and I said, uh, "Can I please have the South?" And the waiter looked at me like, "Are you a fucking moron?" And like, what do you want? The South, please. And like, what? And I just, it just went on for like, it felt like forever, but it was probably only a few seconds. But that was the first time I was like, oh, I always thought that I could pass for American. Wait. But there's something about the way I say South to this um, one specific American's ear sure. that gave it away. Okay. That Canadian. Weird. Yeah. I thought for a second you were you were gonna say that like she thought you were asking to own the South. Oh no no no! She was like, "What the fuck did you just say?" <laughs> this is Yankee country up here. Uh, this is really dumb. That's okay. But the for all the like posturing that I do about like there's no no such thing as countries or like mm-hmm. borders are just arbitrary. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, when the Raptors won the NBA finals this year. <laughs> I, because there is like a, in consuming all this NBA media that I do, mm. um, I hear it so often of, of like, like yeah, the Raptors are good, but who cares about Canada? Mm-hmm. And it, like, even though I don't think of myself as Canadian or like feel any attachment to Canada, it just gets me yeah. every single time because it does make me think like, well, everything that we do up here kind of doesn't matter sure. to where the money is. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. Yeah, and that, and so when the Raptors won, it was just like, see, it was exciting. We, we can do things. Yeah, even though that's like, uh, the guys that went, it's like a guy from Philly, a guy from Cameroon, a guy from Los Angeles. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, but they're playing in Toronto. Yeah, yeah which yeah. counts, and we have the parade for them. Yeah, I mean, you think that's bad? Try being a baseball fan. Oh yeah, we don't. Oh, we don't yeah. even have it a team. The, it was the Nationals though that yeah. won the World Series of all people. Yeah, and the worst wow. part. The oh worst part God. is like my like. If you're a Montrealer who likes baseball, yet you go one of two ways. Basically, like you either go okay well i guess i'll cheer for the nationals because they used to be the expos right or you go i guess i'll cheer for the yankees because they're good <laughs> and uh let's which just way, say which not, way have you gone do you, do you have to ask oh, there's yeah. a yankee that's like it on the wall in the studio yeah that's pretty yeah. clear of where your allegiance is like <laughs> it was rough it was a it was a hard season but you know we persevere. Yes. <laughs> this next question comes from Instagram. Uh, the Instagram ones are printed on little squares. Oh, cool. sent them in as uh, replies to a story. Uh, and this one comes from uh, T-Square87 on Instagram, who asks, if you could only eat two foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Chocolate. Okay. Is one. Uh, oh, boy. You might want to give yourself something filling. Uh, <laughs> nu- nu- nutritious is the second one. <laughs> Yeah, or live to, a short life. I'm trying really to. Happy. I'm trying to think how practical do I need to be? Because right. if what are you going to choose? Do you have an an idea already? So I'm going to take it like because when you say chocolate, like that encompasses all kinds of chocolate, right? Like I'm yeah. assuming. So I'm going to go in a similar vein and say barbecue as one of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that is a good answer. Um, and then for my second one, uh, just to kind of give myself something like nice on the side to yeah i'm gonna go ice cream i'm gonna say barbecue and in fact i'm gonna say barbecue and hagen specifically yeah yeah because like assuming i get a variety of both right like you can't go wrong with barbecue and then like hagen is real good there is something special about hagen you ever just i mean this is a thing i do frequently but you ever just get a pint yes sit down one night yes yeah most nights what's your favorite <laughs> yeah well honestly yeah Same. <laughs> Late, lately i've been really uh i don't really like fruity ice creams for okay. some reason even yeah. though i love fruit i get that 
But the thing that I've been really, really enjoying is the like white truffle chocolate cherry Hagen Dazs. I think it's white cho- white truffle yes. chocolate raspberry. There you go. Thank it's you. It's so good. I love it. It is amazing. Um, I'm the same. I I don't tend to go for fruity ice creams. My my go to is usually the chocolate peanut butter because I like the peanut butter. Oh swirl. yeah. But uh, the raspberry, yeah. the white chocolate raspberry truffle is like. <laughs> The, uh, so do you ever get th- I'm allergic to almonds So okay. I always try and stay away from like the almond uh, <laughs> The Swiss almond Not the Swiss almond The uh, Rocky wa- Road. Al- almond waffle cone Oh I haven't seen that one My it, grocery store doesn't have it, it That is, sounds nice though It's nuts Because <laughs> <laughs> of almonds I, didn't, I, de- I genuinely didn't mean to, to do that um, It is it's uh, it is uh it's just it's like there's some caramel in there too right yes there yeah, is yeah I, I know that i like if i'm buying a pint it's like mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna feel sick in a few hours sure but yeah. it's okay it's a it's a gift i give myself yeah <laughs> feeling bloated <laughs> but uh the i really did throw i mean it's like a dark moment this summer it's like i'm allergic to almonds but they only have almonds ones here but i'm still gonna do it and ate it didn't have a reaction thank god <laughs> and it was delicious it's so good it's so good Ooh. Got the next one? Oh yeah sorry <laughs> no worries. thinking about ice cream i know man i know <laughs> oh okay here we go this one's from instagram too yeah should i read who's who it's from sure yeah teffer bear okay would you marry regular yoda in order to parent baby yoda yeah in a heartbeat sorry babe <laughs> mother of my child asks if i would marry yoda so that i could parent baby yoda yes toby is nice but he is not baby yoda next question oh have you been watching the baby yoda show no i want to i have disney plus i just haven't had oh, time cool. for it yet yeah how is disney disney plus it's not bad it's not bad um a fun thing is that there's a timon and pumbaa cartoon on there from like the mid 90s that my grandma did all the uh, background illustration for really so i can like watch it and feel some nostalgia wow yeah she worked for an animation company out in vancouver when i was a kid that's so cool yeah did a bunch of like what about mimi and ned's newt and a couple other shows like that i recognize all of them any basically anything that was like on teletoon in the like mid to late 90s aside from scooby-doo yeah anything yeah. like canadian made she nice on. yeah cool. uh, also this like christmas carol movie you know ebenezer scrooge um but starring tim curry and uh i think whoopi goldberg as the voices wow yeah I mean, she didn't meet them. Was, she was an <laughs> that's a good animator, but, but that yeah. is a good <laughs> cast. Have you? Uh, did you ever play Command and Cod, Conquer as a kid? <laughs> Command and Cod, <laughs> Command it's and a real Cod. bossy fish. Uh, no, no. Uh, there's this. You should look up this clip later, uh, okay. where it's Tim Curry is like in a cutscene. Okay, and he's playing this Russian general, and he just goes, uh, "I must retreat to the only place that capitalism that has been." hasn't been sullied by capitalism and he starts to laugh and he goes spice (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those things like whenever i'm feeling down i know i could just watch this 30 second clip and it just feels so much better (laughs) that is good uh do you want to go the next one uh yeah no i got baby yoda cool who is the cutest I, I wasn't gonna watch the show okay and then i saw baby yoda and i was like okay they gotta watch it now. they got me yeah that's it i know like at some point i'm gonna watch it but i'm just kind of haven't gotten around to it but he's so good he's it's so not nice. going anywhere either <laughs> no exactly there for you uh, all right next one comes from past guest Chantal thomas who asks what's your experience with personality assessment what have you learned about yourself and how might the information be useful to you in a counseling setting mm. that's interesting and personal um I I've done excuse me I I used to be really skeptical of like personality assessment things um just because I was like oh you can't put me in a box um but at some point I realized boxes are kind of cozy um so I like did all the sort of personality tests to see if any of them like felt cool to know about you know so I like know my Myers-Briggs type and I know my Enneagram or whatever um but the only one that I frequently come back to or there's two that I frequently come back to and point to as like excuses for my personality being the way that it is is that I'm a Slytherin and that I'm a Virgo (laughs) (laughs) those are good ones I was gonna say that um 
Myers Briggs mm-hmm. is not scientific at all. Okay, it's like it like <laughs> borrows things from Jungian theory, mm-hmm. but it was um, written or constructed by a, a mother daughter team. That's Myers mm-hmm. Briggs, and they I think they were making the test to see whether or not like the a guy that the daughter was interested would be a good fit with the family. Interesting, and which is. Uh, I hope that I have the story correct, but like all you need to take away from this anecdote is that it's don't put too much stock into it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really dangerous that big companies or even little companies are using that as a way of assessing whether or not you'd be a good fit for the culture. Like, uh, like, Oh no, we can't take them because they're an extrovert. Like the, the fact of the matter is like, are you an extrovert or an introvert? I think I'm an introvert. You most likely are an ambivert. Right. Which is like you have moments of introversion and you have moments of extroversion. Right. And it may be like 60, 40, 70, 30, but you have, I don't think you, yeah. we don't, I mean, it is fun to know. It's like you see what you want to see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> much like horoscopes or uh, Harry Potter houses. Right. Like as long as <laughs> I do think it's a, it's a nice way to get people talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good way to reflect on your own self, but I wouldn't take it too seriously. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, like what that, it is, is, is just, it's a nice way to kind of indicate a handful of things about myself to someone that like are perceived as true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the main, the main thing that people think about when they hear that I'm a Virgo most of the time is difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> difficult. And really like, like get shit done like detail oriented or whatever mm. um yeah and like those are true right and, totally. and like you know both in positive and negative ways um and when i say that i'm a slytherin like nobody admits that they're a slytherin um <laughs> unless they like know the good side of the slytherin which is like the like ambitiousness right ambition even being which the, is not a thing. negative quality i don't think no exactly and it's you know people think slytherin like oh slytherin are the bad guys so, you know, I'm not going to say I'm a Slytherin. I'm going to say whatever. So if someone tells you they're a Slytherin, it's not that they're saying that they're a jerk. It's that they're saying that they, like, are driven, you know? And I think the world would be boring if everybody was a Gryffindor. Yeah. Also, ever fuck Hufflepuffs. I'm just going to say it. You're a Hufflepuff? I don't know. I think, honestly. I feel like you're not. <laughs> I, I, if I had to choose one, I would probably be Ravenclaw, mm. I think. That makes sense I don't to me. really I read the books but I don't know a whole lot of extended lore. Right. Um but Ravenclaw feels right. There was just was there something about counseling? There this? was, yeah. And I I think the it the, it was essentially like is that information that you've learned about yourself from those tests useful in a counseling setting? I think I think anything that makes you reflect on like the way that you act as a person is useful in counseling because it gives you some self-awareness, right? Yeah. Like you want to be able to tell your counselor as much as you can about the way that you function or at least about the way you perceive the way you function. And it's their job to lead you to a conclusion. They're not going to give you the answers. So it can be useful to help you if that's something that you find useful to reflect. Mm -hmm. But uh, INFP is my (laughs) mother's face. (laughs) Bail. (laughs) All right, I think we got like a couple more left in there. You cool. Want, want oh, to, is it me? Yeah, we'll blitz Sweet. through them and then we'll wrap up. All right. Uh-oh. Uh, do you miss me? You currently? Simon. Oh, Simon. Oh, Simon. I do miss you. I miss Simon a lot. Um, Simon left us about a year ago. Uh, he didn't die. He just left the show about a year ago. I should hope this is not uh, a DM from the grave. <laughs> Posthumous Instagram questions. Uh, yeah, Simon left the show about a year ago so that he could focus on his like work. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Um, Good for you, Simon. Yeah, yeah, actually, it was. It was that it, must have been know. a hard, hard decision. It was, I think, and, and it was, it was a good move for him. I think he he needed the time to to focus on that stuff. He's an actor. Ah. like it was he was getting an agent and was like you know i think now that i have an agent maybe i should focus on acting and i was like yeah good call um yeah i I miss simon a lot he you know is one of my closest friends and it was you know it's weird no longer seeing him on an almost weekly basis um but you know 
that's life sometimes you have friends you see weekly for a long period of time and then you don't things change as long as your feelings don't <laughs> yeah you exactly. know the, the love that you share for each other that's it it's all good i know that the audience misses simon i've i've gotten <laughs> every single day <laughs> every episode someone messages me about Where's how much simon? Where's simon? <laughs> it, more what it is is that anytime we bring him on as a guest people are like yay simon and then uh when we put out bonus content with like clip shows you know like a best of compilation uh, yeah and he's still on them because i'm way behind on the editing on those like the most recent one we put up went to episode 100 <laughs> so you know three years ago um, people are Uh-oh. always like it's so nice to hear simon's voice again and i'm like yeah well those episodes didn't go anywhere <laughs> yeah we miss still you here. simon still here yeah all right the final turtleback question before we wrap up the show i think that's true yep yeah. comes from past guest matt goldberg who asks if you could reset the internet and add one unbreakable rule what would it be uh, oh i have one yeah no ads <laughs> no imagine ads that'd be uh Wow. Like no political advertising, no sure. uh no listening to you secretly. Sure. Uh no browser history collection. Hmm. That'd be a cool one. That'd be cool. I think I'm I think I'd be okay with ads if they were integrated properly. I would say no pre-roll ads. I don't want stuff mm, that I no, like that's cool. or like no unskippable ads, you know? Like Spotify's got its like here's a th- another 30 second ad that you have to listen to before you can listen to a song. We randomly decided you're going to listen to next. <laughs> and like, I mean, that's free Spotify. I can't really complain, but like, you know, I, I hate unskippable ads. Like YouTube ads are like manageable, manageable. Cause they make you watch like three seconds and then skip it. But I hate ads that are just like, you're stuck with me. Yeah. Deal. You know, I wouldn't mind if it was like, I wouldn't mind if there were still ads, but like none that you can't get rid of. You know, and there are plugins for, for it. There are, yeah. I was true. Now that I don't do YouTube stuff anymore, I don't really care if people use AdBlock. I used to be really militantly anti-AdBlock because I was like, "You're taking my three cents a year from me." (laughs) But now I don't really care. Which is fair. I mean, like, I know. (laughs) Here's the thing. Well, all I come back, I always come back to, like, you know, people will gravitate towards what they like if they think it's good. Yeah. Um, they just got to find it. I just think that like the advertising models of like social media in particular um, has not only uh, <laughs> dismantled democracy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just like, uh, you know, I, d- I don't think you should be uh, finding th- like the best part of the internet was always like finding weird stuff. Sure. And those those Halcyon days are gone because people can buy the top spot or buy how easy it is to find you versus yeah. uh, something that was like more organically shared uh, or became phenomenons or pre-memes. Um, those are internet days that I kind of miss. Yeah, I get that. When things felt a little bit more like... Wild West. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exploratory and organic. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Sorry, kick the table. That's okay. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. That table kick, specifically, (laughs) brings us to the end of our show. Oh, this is nice. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. This was so nice. I I always love sitting down with you. I'm always down to come out here. Sweet. Well, don't lie. It's about to be winter. (laughs) I'm serious. You're a winter person? No. This is how much I like doing these shows. Is like mm-hmm. I will brave minus forty if I have to. That's sweet because I sometimes don't. <laughs> yeah, just leave the I house know, at I, all in the winter. It's, totally yeah. get it. Yeah, you have Pokemon short sword or shield. Yeah, shield. I went shield. Cool. Yeah, it's because shield has the the unicorn ponyta. You know the fairy one. You seen this yet? No, I, I don't know. Oh, it's real pretty. You know ponyta, the fire horse in the first. Uh... Oh. In like red and blue, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Ponyta and Rapidash. That I do. Know. They're they're unicorns now. They made them fairy type. Ooh. Real cute. Really into it. <laughs> I feel like there's something else that we should be doing other than yeah. talking uh, about uh, Pokemon. Ra- wrap up the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, if, sorry. if you're listening and you like this, thank you so much for getting to the end of the episode. Uh, and uh, consider supporting us on Patreon. Seriously, we we need it. It helps a lot, and it's uh, really cool of you if you do. We also have merch. If you want to 
get some. You can get some for the fine folks over at TeePublic by clicking the merch link in the description of this episode. And you can support the show for free by leaving a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice. Or share this episode with a friend who, uh, I don't know, you think needs to hear it. Or maybe something stood out for you and you went, oh, Jeff will like that. <laughs> share it with Jeff. Classic Jeff. <laughs> that guy. Oh, man. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter and all socials, in fact, at Down With Talking. And you can follow me at Tom Zalatni. Ian, you got anything you want to plug? Bearing in mind this comes out on December 10th. Uh, please check out www.dontworry.rip or visit the social media profiles at don'tworryrip. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Check out Pinky. I'm in it. Yeah, and you're so good in it as well. I'm so excited to see it. <laughs> Special thanks to Crackers and Jam for letting us use the title track off their EP Benson as our theme music. You can find all their music for sale at crackersandjam.bandcamp.com. This show is produced and edited 250 times by me, Tom Zalatni, for the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. That's actually kind of a lie. I think there was one episode that Tim edited pretty early on because i couldn't be there that night and he recorded it at his place instead all right let's do the episode over then fuck <laughs> yeah he's come to see you i say now benson jack benson joe benson jack benson Heifer. I'm Caddy. And I'm Hannah. And we are the Yeah Podcast. Join us as we dig into young adult literature, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA Lit can teach us at any age. Discover the world of YA Lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upford Network on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! On September 16, 1993, NBC aired the first ever episode of Frasier, a spin-off series about psychiatrist Dr. Frasier Crane, a much-loved Seattle shrink from Cheers. Ten days earlier, a baby was born. A baby who, we'd come to learn, was destined to have someone pay him $264 to watch through every episode of Frasier with different special guests, unpacking the deeper themes behind each episode. That baby is me, Tom Zalatni, and this is a terrible, terrible idea. Tune in to They're Calling Again, right here on the Upford Network.